Well, 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 there, niggers and friends. That's right. Hard R's today. <laughs> I'm already in. I'm tapped the fuck in. I was thinking about hard R's earlier. I'm Fats Domino. And I am Robin Roberts. This is The Read. Thanks for coming back. I love when we're aligned energetically. Yeah. Because <laughs> I literally was thinking of, you know... How some people don't like it when you say like nigger with the hard ER. They're like, ooh, it sounds racist. And I was thinking, yeah, that's because it is. Like, it's, it is. I'm being it's not my fault. rude. I'm being <laughs> degrading about niggas when I, I'm doing that because I'm fed up. Yeah. <laughs> that's really why I do that. Oh, yeah, I'm in my homophobic era right now. So I was just thinking about slurs mm. and, and why we use them. <laughs> yeah, and why we use them. That's yeah, fair. it is. Well, how are you doing? Um, yeah, I, you know, I've been better, had some good news and bad news all bundled together. The world is still on fire. Um, but choosing to look at things, um, in the most positive way. So that's great. Just going to stick with, you know, things have been better, but I am doing all right. What about you? Admirable, admirable stance to have. Um, I'm going to try to do the same. I'm very sick. I don't have COVID, thankfully, but I have maybe some form of a flu or a oh, bug. Oh, no. Um, I feel better than I did yesterday. I missed work yesterday, which I'm not a fucking fan of. Yeah, so. I know you're not. I know how you are. But listen, sometimes we simply must rest and if you don't do it, your body will make you. So, well, and it makes, <laughs> and it said that you're not going nowhere. Yeah, I, I zoomed in today, um, but oh no, my body. It, it's like I, I've okay. So I'm watching the new um, interview with the vampire series on AMC, oh, AMC okay. Plus, or whatever. All right, all right. Um, and, uh, the lead is played by, uh, fine ass Jacob Anderson, Grey Worm from Game Oh, Game. yes. Okay. He plays the lead and he, in the first episode, it describes in great detail, very poetic, it's Anne Rice, great detail about what it felt like when he died and became a vampire. And I was listening to it and I was like, oh, these are my symptoms. I didn't even know I was bitten. Um, so I will just sit here and wait for the passing because okay. it felt exactly, it felt like I was found dying on the side of the road. And then Damn. rather than um, taking me to the hospital, someone placed me in an oven and baked me at 375 degrees. Ooh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's what we're dealing with. <laughs> but I'm good enough to prop myself up and talk. Well, so thank God here for, we are. for progress. And I'm sure the rest of the writer's room was like, yeah, you zoom in. <laughs> Don't bring yeah. whatever that is over here. Thank you so much. Here's the link. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you at noon. Bye. Bye. Bye, pumpkin. Well, I'm hoping you you feel better soon, friend. That sucks. Um, all right, let's do Black Excellence this week. We're going to give it over to one Andrea Hayes Dixon, because she's the first black woman to ever serve as Howard University's Dean of the College of Medicine. What? Right. How has it been a bunch of black men? That I must guess. be it. Okay. All right. Got you. 
<laughs> like, I have the same exact question. Right? Yeah, I was confused, but okay. Yeah, black woman, I guess I see that. But yes, she said that she's incredibly... So the responsibility of educating the nation's next generation of leaders in medicine is an enormous responsibility that I take very seriously. I'm excited to engender allies and friends to join me in the journey of moving Howard forward. Yeah. Amen. Congratulations to you for being a uh, first step in that. It says here, back in 2006, she became the first surgeon in the world to perform a high-risk life-saving procedure on teens with rare forms of stomach cancer. So wow. she's been a bad bee in the game for quite some time. So Get I on her see. level um, and reach for the hem of her garment if you can. Uh, congratulations to you, ma'am, and to all of the Howard students who will be uh, mm-hmm. working towards their medical futures underneath her tutelage. Yeah. Answering to this woman. Go off, sis. Also, congratulations to one Pinky Cole, who is <gasps> coming back to Harlem, bitch. God is so big. God is so big and working every day in my life. Yeah. <laughs> it just, I mean, I'm just so glad. I'm glad on a, a multiple levels, but thrilled for Pinky to be coming back to New York. <laughs> Love this woman. Love her story. Love everything that's happening to her. Love her family. Love her businesses. Love her family. Um, yeah. Really do. I met Pinky for the first time when I lived in Harlem on 139th and Lennox. And the she had a little... Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> she had a juice bar on the corner over there. And I would be coming from the studio sometimes, going to the studio to do the podcast. And she was always super nice. Sometimes she'd give me free juice. She'd make sure the trap niggas leave me alone. And um, a real she was just always like bigging me up and gassing me up and saying, oh my gosh, you need a show. And blah, blah, blah. She just always just exuded mm-hmm. positive, yep. great energy. Um, and so I think I was pretty slutty vegan. And oh, yeah. To see her and all of the success that she's had in Atlanta and beyond and know now that she's coming right back to Harlem to have an ad with Cameron in it. (laughs) Like, everything is just sickening. And I love that she is returning to New York and giving the girls her $100 million business and its tastes. Them slutty vegan lines are going to be around the fucking It's going to be dumb. (laughs) Like, it's going to be literally stupid. Oh, my God. It's going to be packed. It's going to be dumb. It's never, there's never not, like, a ridiculous line to turn out, especially for, like, new slutty vegan locations, Mm -hmm. pop-ups. Like, it's good food. Right. um, And it's run by a good person. So. Congrats, Pinky. So, so I said, damn, you really are rich. You coming back to New York paying these Harlem rent prices? For a restaurant at that? Mm -hmm. I said, oh, yeah, you rich, rich. (laughs) It's more of a favor to Harlem, probably, than, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? It's like, okay, fine, here. Here you niggas go, damn. But, yeah, very excited for this and super, super happy for her. Yes, congrats, sis. All right. Let us get into our pop culture segment. It is called Hot Tops, Honk for Bottoms, Save Your Spurs. This week... That's what I like to do. Yeah. That's what I like yeah. to do. And it should be done. Mm-hmm. It should be done. It's important. Activism. So, three people have been arrested in connection to the murder of rapper PNB Rock that we spoke about, I believe, on the show. 
Um, he was uh, held up at gunpoint at a Roscoe's in Los Angeles and shot three times. Um, a 17-year-old <sighs> man was arrested and charged with the shooting. Um, his stepmama was also arrested as for like accessory to theft or accessory to a crime. Yikes. And they had to like go looking for his dad, his 40-year-old daddy, who was apparently the getaway driver and what kept getting away, I guess. A very apparently they eventually tracked his ass down at a Las in somewhere in Las Vegas. So he's been arrested as well. Um, girls have been charged. I read that they're also looking for a fourth suspect. They said there was a man in a red shirt who was outside of the Roscoe's. They believe he is the person who tipped these niggas off to uh, PNB's location mm-hmm. um, and is the reason that they knew to pull up at the time. So apparently they're out looking for this fourth person, but at least three people have been arrested so far in relation to this. Um, and so far, a lot of you, um, Twitter niggas, um, and Kodak Black have, uh, walked back some of your sentiments directed at this man's girlfriend, with the woman y'all were blaming for his murder because she posted some chicken and some waffles down at the restaurant. According to the reports, that ain't got nothing to do with it, as we could have surmised if we would have taken two times to think about it or just, you know, used regular everyday compassion. Well, I yeah. shouldn't say regular everyday because that's not a thing anymore. It, it ought to be, though. God damn. <laughs> um, as I said, someone was there, uh, according to these reports, and tipped them off. And that was before uh, P&B Rock and his girlfriend sat down mm-hmm. to eat into any of that stuff. Kodak Black said in that moment, in that moment, it was sounding like she did some bullshit. So shit, I don't wish no bad on her and shit like that. So I give my apologies to her. I hope she keeps her head up. You know what? For a nigga who I feel like whose education stopped somewhere in elementary school, oh, who yeah. really probably has no like mm-hmm. real grasp on um <laughs> like <laughs> this is why we need cameras. I have no idea why you're laughing. That was unintentional. It was just like, uh, no, but I felt it. Like I, mean, I feel what you're saying. You mean this? I shit. made a grasping motion with my hands when I said that, and oh, it was not God. intended to be funny. But yeah, I don't think that he really has um, like a basic understanding of empathy. Uh, sympathy or any of those things. So for, mm. I will actually say for Kodak Black, it seems like a decent apology. It has the word apology in it. I mean, I truly hate to give Kodak Black anything. I find him to. to be a completely despicable human being, like just wretched in every way. Um, but we all mess up. And even though this was very avoidable like you could have just not rushed to blame this girl and like and like if you had not been in such a rush to like hate women blame women be mad at women find a way to put a woman down like if you hadn't been in such a rush and if you had you know completed middle school and and you know thought things through just a tiny bit perhaps you would have come to 
perhaps the most obvious explanation, which is that this is a famous nigga who is at a very public place and anybody in the fucking Waffle House could have recognized, like, it's full of niggas. It's like, I just feel like that much more obvious explanation was like right there. And it was like screaming at you niggas like, like, pay attention to me. And y'all just went right, right in the y'all intersection went right of around that nigga. Y'all went right around that nigga. Like, whoop, That's why I really can't stop right me because I can't read. You niggas kept right on going straight yeah. to the misogyny. So even though this was avoidable, at least you did apologize. And yeah, not the worst apology I've ever heard. So. True, especially. From a rapper. From a nigga. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, True. So you can have that. I that's me being nice. That's yeah, me being nice. Leave that girl alone. Let her fucking mourn. Speaking of uh, rap niggas under five foot six, little Uzi Vert is a meme again. Um, <laughs> he doesn't even try. He doesn't. doesn't even try. And he just looks funny. <laughs> yeah, he just. He just, just his stature, his demeanor, <laughs> everything about the way he just holds it's just himself. Comical, either. yeah. Just, he's a natural. Yeah. He's a natural. He's a natural. Put that man the on talent. SNL. Yeah. Oh yeah. Give Actually, him an improv. No, shade. no, I really think he could be good at improv. I think he would slay. Probably. Maybe not SNL. Although they could use it, but like maybe in a Mad TV if they ever came back. Something you know, even just heading on down to the <laughs> what was? It? Oh no, they closed uh, Upright Citizens Brigade. Um, they closed UCB. That's what my, I almost said homegirl, that's what my classmate told me because she does improv. I went to UCB. Didn't we all? <laughs> didn't we all? <laughs> I'm hard pressed to think of anybody who didn't go to that's fucking true. UCB. That is very um, true. But yeah, Anyone I think earlier this year. To, oh, yes, yeah, close. Spoken to a microphone in New York City has probably gone to <laughs> Has right gone to the UCB. Yep. Yeah. So. So, uh, but yeah, you know, local improv groups all around the country. He just is, he seems to have a, a natural knack for comedy. Well, his lady friend, one, the girl JT of Twitter, uh, tweeted on September 29th, my boyfriend loved to rig up a meal for me. It's so cute. But today he almost burned our place down and didn't flinch. Then she posts a photo of this nigga in the kitchen I don't know if it's a flambe, blase. I bet it's not supposed to be. Trombe. I don't know what the <laughs> come, fuck. Come through, trombe. This nigga has a a nine. T- there is a Charizard in this frying Please. pan. Please. <laughs> what there is there's uh, the house of dragons. He what? There is an entire. Yeah, that's big. Tower of flames. Yeah. Stacked up in the kitchen. And this nigga is standing in front of it in a satin jacket, looking at it as if <laughs> it is a burning bush. And and the Lord is speaking to him through it. Yeah. Maybe that's what's happening. We don't know. You're right. I mean, I feel confident that that's not it. But Me too. it could be anything is technically fo- possible, but... Why are you so calm? The flames are licking at the cupboards. What are you doing? Like, grab one of these towels and throw it over that bitch. Like, something. Take it off the heat at least. What are you doing? JT, please tell me that you were recording this video and these are screenshots from the recording (laughs) and that you were also maybe on the phone with authorities at the same time. Like, 
the chaperone. What is he doing? Like, why are you okay? He literally, and she's posts another one where the flame is thankfully lower. It doesn't look like anything else is burned or singed. And she said, no, y'all, his mood really didn't change. He watched it go out and all. He believed in himself. You know what? He this did. is a story of, of confidence, a perseverance and strength. Confidence I'm actually upset that... with myself for hating. Are you? No. I'm just glad it didn't get worse. I'm glad. <laughs> like, isn't that the best we can do? Because, because it was only by the grace of God. This nigga and the complete inaction. Maybe he knew what he was doing, though. Maybe <laughs> this is so next okay level chef this? shit. Like, maybe these are chef techniques and we are basic whores who have no idea what we're talking about. Like, Maybe it's like because he's done so many, like, high energy rap rock shows mm. that have surely had tons of pyrotechnics. Yeah. Like, this is probably nothing to him being this close to fire. I guess that, so, Because Joe. I just want to know Okay. And then the last slide or the last photo in the slide says, and then boom. And she posts <laughs> one, two, three, four, five little balls. Did you see this? It's the best part of the whole fucking thing. It's the best. I saw the picture of him and I was like, I have to know where this comes from. And then when I found the food itself, I was like, you buried the lead. <laughs> you should have started with this. <laughs> this is the funniest part of the whole fucking thread. Five balls. We've got um, some diced tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> Looks to be chopped, maybe a little chopped some shredded lemon. lettuce. That might be some. Uh, it might be a little arugula in there. Oh, a little green tell. blend, a little roughage. Uh, about half a bag of crafts uh, shredded, pre-shredded, shredded. Okay. Absolutely, they Once shook that out from the bag. About eight to nine boxed Del Taco um, <laughs> shells from the grocer. <laughs> and then approximately six or seven charred shrimp, pieces of shrimp. Oh, and a bag of Daisy Sour Oh, cream. yes. Don't forget the sour These cream niggas. and the Ortega. <laughs> the sauce. <laughs> These niggas made hard shell. Shrimp taco. <laughs> you almost burn this lady house down over some hard shell shrimp tacos. I'm thinking, oh, this nigga, he was going for like the reverse sear on some filet mignon. And he was finna, like, this nigga finna come out with some roasted Brussels sprouts and asparagus, Mama, a potato for that ass. This nigga. You where's the booyah one, base? You cooked one thing. You cook shrimp don't even take all that. Shrimp. I know that shrimp chewy as shit. My nigga, shrimp takes like two How? minutes to cook. It is no way in the world. <laughs> it is no what way happened? in the world. And then you combined it with hard shell store-bought tacos, pre-shredded cheese, diced tomato. Like, I, y'all could eat anything in the world. Literally, they could. Are they are they in Miami or LA? It don't matter. Either don't way, y'all have better have tacos no than this. Y'all have yeah. better Either, tacos than this, no matter where you live. <laughs> it doesn't even yeah. This is some yep. very Oklahoma shit. I am so yep. and even in Oklahoma. I know, 
I know everybody in Oklahoma is like, bitch, <laughs> don't do us. This That's is... when there's something a little endearing about it. Ooh, like It's very regular nigga. It is that. Exactly. And I like regular nigga things. I like the Upshaws on Netflix. I like <laughs> the Miss Pat show. Yep. What else? Because... Uh, <laughs> No, you're getting you're too amused by this. So I feel like I should, <laughs> I feel like I should stop. <laughs> I feel like I should stop right there. But I appreciate, okay. even though I would not eat this, I appreciate niggas and they store bought hard shell tacos. <laughs> and you know what? That they and put they just shrimp took me for in. their lady. That's nice. I mean, literally one thing was cooked, and this shrimp. <laughs> It just didn't take all that. It didn't. It ain't no way in the world. <laughs> it probably cut those tomatoes. You think so? Sure. I Okay. I mean, who are me? This looks like half a tomato worth of tomatoes. I wouldn't I just, be surprised if they got all of that. Pre, the, you can get pre-shredded lettuce. You can get pre-chopped tomatoes even. Absolutely not a full tomato. <laughs> it's not. Unless it's organic or something. Did it come off of JT's tomato vine Oh, or yeah. Something? It might be like a... Yeah. Maybe. It might be. You know, so who who can say? But I just... Let's just watch y'all to leave them alone. She He got a belly ring now. Y'all uh, tagging her about it. She's this is the most ghetto-ass dinner. She wants y'all to just leave them alone. Millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> I just don't know how this fire got so intense over this meal. And I don't know why he's <laughs> so okay with it. Y'all are eating this Walmart-ass dinner. I'm just shocked. Like, you can take the girl out the hood, but... That's it. Yeah, I want to say I bet it was good, but I honestly don't think it was. I don't like overcooked shrimp. she got shrimp. an AP on her wrist and a burger, you can feed her anything. <laughs> Niggas are so bad about overcooking shrimp. <laughs> and the sour cream, like... What are we doing? You know you ain't clean them. Oh, please, not gritty shrimp on top of all that. Oh, God. Woo. Well, what a mess. Well, God bless everybody. Oh, JT, that should have been all we heard from you this week. Don't get me started. <laughs> um, so, Life Jennings came out of nowhere from, you know, I guess... He left the house of Ghost Carly Red's past. Oh my God, I forgot he did that show. I forgot about that. You remember when Carly Red flung herself onto the fucking pavement for a VH1 check next to, to Life Jennings? That's one thing about Carly Red. She gonna sell that fucking storyline, okay? She is... She is she is gonna be the charade. <laughs> none of us, none of us purchased. Well, I mean, much like that. We just, yep, we just weren't interested. Somebody who is willing to be messy to and for every situation. I just, it's only I also so seriously believe I can take you. There are probably at least twelve to thirteen women in their fifties who bought she by charade, um, joggers. That wow. you know, like the power, power that power walk. That's a generous estimate. At like six, I, originally my estimate was like seven. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You're being kind on today. I whatever. Two hundred dollars so, t-shirts, please, please. The auntie's not doing that. 
Like Jennings, I guess, heard that there's a show about Jeffrey Dahmer on Netflix. And so he decided to get on TikTok or Instagram, one of them niggas, and tell this long-ass two-part story about how he was locked up in 92 or 93 and Jeffrey Dahmer was in a jail for a little bit. And he used to sleep around because he was the porter. Of course. And he would be singing and pouring. Travis Porter. And then he said one time, um, Jeffrey Dahmer asked him to sing Mint Condition. And so he did or some shit. And then, I don't know. <laughs> I literally watched the whole story of this light-skinned nigga talking about how he serenaded a, a, a cannibal serial killer queen in the 90s. And I guess we're supposed to find entertainment yeah. in it. And then he said he was going to come back and tell us some more. But the nigga got... <laughs> The internet got on his ass so bad. He was like, I'm not telling y'all no more about nothing. Not about that. Not about me. Not about today or tomorrow. Um, he's saving the rest of his uh, Jeffrey Dahmer stories. And hopefully the rest of his stories uh, for a group chat. Yeah. Um, a telehealth visit. Uh, I don't know. Hurt, I could have yeah. been left completely out of this. None of us needed it. Why? I mean, and honestly, it. I blame We need Netflix. the show. This is Netflix's fault, right? It I can't is. believe I had to. Netflix kept showing me that fucking preview so many times that I had to just go in and give it a thumbs down just off the trailer. <laughs> so they would not show me the fucking trailer no more. I'm just not leave watching this. Me alone. I remember no. the news story. Like, <laughs> hi, old. I remember the fucking news story, and I do not need to relive it. I don't. I'm mm. sure that Mrs. Betts did a great job. I'm rooting for everybody, black as always. I'm not looking at that though. <laughs> I'm not watching that. It took me a minute. I was like, well, who the fuck is Mrs. Beth? Oh, you know who she is. Of course I know who the fuck <laughs> is. And I'm sure that she did an excellent job. I didn't yeah. I did watch maybe like three and a half episodes of it. And it's shot really well. It's acted really well. Evan Peters is great. <laughs> Nisi Nash is great. Um, it, it, sure, but it's just like, girl, I, need to, I don't understand this place's obsession with like romanticizing psychos yes. and yes. murderous white men. Like, I, I don't. Right. You've already done Jeffrey Dahmer movies and shows. Like, I don't know what we need. How much can we like, say? And, and then. You know, because this whole story is about how this man stalked and preyed on specifically black and brown people right. and killed them. And so then you're like, well, let's get some acting ass, beloved ass niggas to come yes. and act and be beloved to legitimize it because we're not telling this story. Anyway, this isn't even about Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> like, girl, whatever. Fuck her. Um, so I don't know why. I guess Life Jennings was like, oh, I, I one time sang uh, Pretty Brown Eyes for that motherfucker. Which is so... so... Why would you tell us this? So... I, <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> mama, 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 mama. Mama, 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 mama. 
Why would you tell us that you were singing down in the jailhouse for the nigga who literally, and he's like, oh, this nigga used to, he loved R&B. Can you believe it? He wanted me to sing men condition. Yes, I can believe it because he used to go down to the black yeah, gay club and go and prey on niggas just like you and then try to eat them. He was seasoning you up. He was sprinkling lorries on your larynx. It's just not. Hey, you're lucky that you were not an entree telling us stories. Oh, God. I don't know why. I don't know why he felt the need to chime in. But again, I do blame Netflix. Yeah, Leave. me too. Especially once all the people who are actually involved, like families of the victims, are like, once again, y'all are bringing up our fucking trauma for money and we're not amused and really wish y'all would at least consider us. Just... I get that true crime is like a big thing, big source yeah. of entertainment for a lot of people. But like the thing about true crime is that it is true. These are real people, real <laughs> lives. They have real family and friends left behind who are really grieving. So just a little bit of mindfulness, just a little bit, bitch. Like, but I know that's asking for the the world, the whole goddamn <laughs> galaxy with you niggas. Um, Puff Sean Daddy the Combs appeared on the radio, the Breakfast Club radio, where he um, defended his um, absolutely ridiculous homeboy. But past that, he also uh, defended his reputation and fought back against rumors, stories, and chatter. All right. That he has robbed his artists, and that he owes people who've worked for him tons and tons of money moolah, cash <laughs> coins. <coughs> Mace specifically came up a lot. He said, I did one album with Mace, one album. How much money do you think I owe this guy? And then he became a fake pastor. I went and conned people, and y'all gonna let him throw dirt on the God's name. Anybody can come and step up, bring your receipts. I'm not playing. I'm back outside and I'm fighting back for us. And I'm also doing some fighting back for me. Anybody that thinks I owe them something, show me the receipt and you'll get paid within 24 hours. Okay. I mean, isn't the, isn't the point is that (laughs) it's like, like these people were manipulated or coerced or just uneducated about what they were doing. And so they feel like they were, cheated out of money and not necessarily like oh i worked 30 hours and you only paid me for 20 like i don't think it's a i don't think it's a timesheet discrepancy i think it's like yeah puff manipulated me puff took advantage of me like i think it's more like the money i'm owed is because of yeah i think it's more like that and less like oh well i put in 80 hours that week and that nigga only paid me for 40 like i don't think yeah, I don't and I don't the, think any of us think that. And as soon yeah. as billionaires or multi hundred millionaires start talking about I'm doing this for us, I clock right out. <laughs> Baby, that is where I stop listening. You, you are not <laughs> That's not happening. The light in my eyes just goes down. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no longer paying attention. Cause you're yeah. not. You're not. Like maybe you're tired of people saying these things about you. That's fair. That's human. But just don't bring us into it you're not talking about yeah. me someone recorded a seemingly recent video of mace outside of i don't know bahama breeze i don't know where this nigga was but he was outside somewhere 
and they're recording him and he was like show you the receipts ask your mother and i was like oh let me reach for my pearls that don't exist he said your mother's got the receipts because they're all in your mother's name you can't ask biggie for receipts because he's dead you can't ask this nigga for receipts because he's dead you can't ask this nigga for receipts because he's dead and then like did all of this you know hollering and aggression into the the camera with a mouthful of jewelry and huge chains around his neck. And I watched this and I was like, (laughs) imagine attending this nigga's church. Imagine. And now watching him argue with Diddy, wearing your tithes in his mouth and your offering on his neck. Both of y'all niggas still. Saying, I feel like I, as soon as he said he was starting a church, I was like, so the jig is in full effect. (laughs) These niggas is scamming like through the church. Absolutely. Because what would make you think, okay, never mind. I'm not going to get too obvious, but don't know why those decisions were ever made. Don't know why these niggas are going back and forth. I feel like that, you know, like. This was years ago. We all enjoyed the fisheye lens and the shiny puffy coats in the videos. And like, we all had a good time and we can all let it go. There was an era. If you were there, you weren't. If you weren't, then you simply weren't. (laughs) You can catch up on YouTube, but that we can just let it go. Um, Where do I want to go? I'll just say, all right, we'll say this one here. Um, so Danny Lee Lay. Danny Lay Lee. Lee? It looks like Lee, but I don't know. And I actually didn't hear nothing about this girl, so I'm just wondering what you about to pull out the Barney bag right now. (laughs) So she's touring right now. I don't know why. I'm assuming she released a collection of music. Um, I didn't do any looking into what that might be about, but you typically tour when you have music. I have do, music so. out, yeah. Um, so let's just say that she does. Um, so she's doing that, and I assume in the process is also attempting to make her rounds on the promotion marketing front. Recently, I guess she went to make an appearance on Nick Nicholas Cannon's Wild and Out. Um, Please. <laughs> and apparently when she went down to the Wild and Out, uh, she and her team requested that um, nine-season-long Wild and Out performer be Simone. Um, be removed or not in attendance for that specific episode. Now, if you know anything about B. Simone, then you know that she has really. been a huge fan. That's fair. <laughs> She's been a huge fan of the baby and was one of these people who would always, oh my God, I love baby. Oh my God, you're so fine. Oh, I just want to like very early on into the baby's appearance into our lives. So, Danny Lee, who has a baby and a uh, checkered past with that rap nigga. Checkered past? Um, sure. 
she, you know, I guess for these reasons and some other shadiness, doesn't see it for B. Simone. They don't like each other. She didn't want her to be on the show. So when B. Simone appeared on Tamron Hall to promote her new show, she confirmed, yeah. Because B. Simone is in a new show on Bounce. I think I talked about She's on a show on Bounce with Kim Coles called Finding Happy. Oh, I have heard about that show. I didn't know she was on it, though. Yes, she's a star of the show. And so she was actually on Tamron Hall's show with Kim Coles. But for whatever reason, they were talking about Danny Lee. Anyhow, she confirmed that she was asked not to do it. She responded in a very classy way and just said that she was going to give the girl grace and move on with her life. She said she's not very mature. And then she just (laughs) moved on. I mean, well. Danny Lee is like, 21, 22, something like that. So, is she? I think. I think she's really young. Oh, no, I never mind. She's 27. I don't know. I just off. looked it up. Just kidding. No, never mind. She's a whole 27. I was just playing. Oh, look how cute that baby is, though. Oh, my God. Oh, she's posted the child. What a little chunk. Oh, nice. how precious. So she's doing her promo thing. She wanted a girl to come on the show when she was on the show. So well, she said, don't let her come on the show. Okay. Or whatever. And so the girls were tired about that. And how dare you? And who do you think you are? And she responded by saying, me and Simone, me and B. Simone are not cool. My team asked if I, if she doesn't do the episode that I do, it was never anything to be like, I'm a diva. I'm protecting my peace, et cetera, et cetera. I don't feel like reading the whole thing. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense to me. So... Yeah, I mean, so then later on, there was also a story from a woman named Kendra G, who works in the radio in Chicago. I believe she has a morning show over there. I could be wrong. She has a show on Chicago radio. And uh, she read Danny directly to the ground after alleging that Danny basically did the same thing, had her removed from her morning show because she didn't want her there um sock to her or whatever um so she went off on her in a video that made its rounds danny claims she didn't know nothing about this interview she and kendra have since hugged and made up online um and confirmed that danny actually did not know anything about the interview kendra was told by her team for whatever reason that she just didn't want to do it for reasons similar to the bsml thing so that's weird and somebody should be fired for it if it's the truth but either way um those two apparently worked it out i saw today my thing is this okay (laughs) i get protecting your peace i understand if it's like okay i don't like this person I don't really want to be around them because it's going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be a riot. It's going to be hands thrown, whatever the possibilities are. Mm-hmm. I get that if it's like, okay, I'm having a party. I'm having an event come through and you're trying to bring somebody on. Like, no, they can't come. Yeah. I understand if we've both been invited to do some third party shit and I see that you're about to be on there and I'll fuck with you and I'm bowing out. Fair. That's yep. fine. Yeah. 
What I don't understand is you for the promotion and gain of yourself going to somebody else's job and telling them that you don't want them to be at a job because you don't like them and you don't want to be uncomfortable, especially when you are going to position yourself in places like radio shows and comedy shows. Wild and Out has been on since a lot of people weren't born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. And it has always been a show surrounding comedians roasting one another. You, in your position, attempting to go on, like, girl, what did you think? And then you're going to do radio shows. Their whole job is to ask you questions and get into your damn business. And especially since Mm -hmm. we don't really know much about your business aside from that nigga. Like, what do you think that what do you what do you want (laughs) because like yeah that's true you like i get protecting your peace but then girl maybe you're not doing any marketing or maybe you and your team need to come up with some other marketing strategy or some other marketing uh campaign idea rollout that can work to you and your sensitivities that does not require you trying to go in the same spaces that you normally would, but tell everybody else how to do their job or not do their job because you're uncomfortable with them doing the things that they always have done in those spaces that you have seen them do in those spaces, especially when you had all mm. that talk and that big talk and that get back yeah. when you were in good places with that same nigga that everybody was telling you was a dog ass nigga at the time. It's just not adding. It's not mathing. It isn't. It's not algebraic. <laughs> Right. It's just not. That's so. not making a whole lot of sense. But I also, I don't know. I kind of look at it as you can ask, but it's up to Wild and Out if they take B. Simone off of the rotation. That is also T. It's up to the radio that station. That is also T. It, whether they, you know, pulled that interview with that, with the DJ or whatever, like that's up to them. So I'm not really shocked that an artist team would be like, hey, this person has been super supportive of somebody who is a real pain in her ass. So, like, can we do this without her? And then I expect MTV or whoever to be like, no, girl, B. Simone is part of the show. Like, you either come be on the show with B. Simone on it or you don't do the show. So I'm actually kind of shocked that Danny Lee has enough pull to say something like this and then it actually get done. That's what's shocking to me. Because I just feel like they would tell most people, but maybe they wouldn't. Is Danny Lee, like, a big attraction? Do people care? What? Like, I can't believe no. Wild and Out took B. Simone off the episode that Danny Lee did so that Danny Lee would do a show. Like, this can't be the biggest name that y'all had. Like, there had to be Nowhere near. just some girl on Instagram y'all so could have pulled up. Right. Like, this This isn't. So, I mean, I get what you're saying, but, like, if she asked and they agreed, then I feel like that's on, no, the, that's on the employers. You're completely right. You're completely right. Like, me personally, I'm thinking about, like, if I'm that sensitive, I wouldn't have wanted to go on Wild and Out anyway. Oh, yeah, I'll never go on Wild and Out. Like, they're going, that's right. the whole thing. You know what I mean? So, I would have never even, I'm gonna go on below top the of belt. that, like, I'm, I'm just not going. Like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm going to show out. I don't need to be in no situation where the whole point is that we insult each other because I'm going to get very rude. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not that emotional. So I'm just not even, yeah. Especially not with strangers. Like, I can go back and forth with my friends, but niggas I don't know making up jokes about me, baby. I'll do it for your teeth, your hairline, your mama. I was about to say your Your big toe, all of it. Sister, brother. Yeah, so, yeah, I I definitely see the value in just staying away, but 
They let her get away with it, y'all. TMRE announced on uh, Instagram that she is filing for divorce or that she and her husband, Corey Hardrick, of 14 years are mm. going their separate ways, she said. Um, seemed very involved. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It's on her page. Mm-hmm. But she said, as many people in these situations say, that they're going to focus on co-parenting their gorgeous children and making sure that they can be as happy and healthy as they can to do that moving forward on their new chapter in their lives. Um, as someone who watched Sister, Sister since the pilot, watched the game, yep. loved the twins, um, and... I even watched their reality show. Maybe seeing Corey in one or two movies? I don't see Corey in nothing other than Tia's TikToks. <laughs> My hope here. Um, I'm on Team Tia. I'm on Tia's Always. <laughs> and um, Always. the girl, they're apparently telling her that she's glowing everywhere. Oh, yes. Did you see that video? I sure did. I, <laughs> I said, oh, yes. The divorce. Andy Prince. Yeah, My indeed. divorce. Yeah, that's right. Lift yourself up and love on yourself and self-care and whatever it needs to be and yeah. it needs to however it needs to happen. And I don't know what's going on with him. I saw that he posted something on his Instagram that says something like, fuck, I can't even properly I don't want to misquote it. Mm. It's something about acting off it was it had something to do with acting off of emotion. Yeah. And and that was my mistake or something like that, which to me just says you got horny and cheated on her and she found out about it. But he denies that. He said that that's not true. Okay. No so then acted off. Did you get randomly violent with her? When I read it, it felt like he was accusing her. Then that's the thing with cryptic weird ass posts. Yeah. It's just like, girl. Like, Up to everybody's interpretation. You know that the streets are going to try and take this apart and like, it's like, I don't know, whatever. But. It felt to me when I read it that he was saying that the divorce was an act of emotion. Like, that's the way that I interpreted it anyway, because I had no other, <laughs> anything else to, to base yeah. off of. So it felt to me like he was claiming that she was leaving or cho- choosing to separate, and that was like an act of emotion, and it was oh, going to be a mistake or something. That's okay. how I read it. But I have... I, I have no idea, obviously. I just hope that they're okay and that the kids are okay. Yeah. Because the kids are old enough for I well, I don't know how kid how old kids need to be to be affected by that. But I just their kids are lovely. They seem like nice people. I just hope that they can be at peace. That's yeah. it. Especially Tia, because I have loved Tia for so long. Same. Always. And been she my seems fave. like a like a genuinely decent person. So. Yeah. Wishing. Wishing her the best. At first I thought you meant that like. He was saying like. Oh you know. Acting off of emotion. <laughs> and so like. They was having an argument. He was like. You know what. Let's just get a divorce. And she was like. Oh you want a divorce. Like. You gonna play with divorce. Like you gonna throw divorce at me. All right Ooh, nigga. I, I got your knows? divorce nigga. <laughs> That's the thing. When you worded like this. And. Because hers was the whole, like, oh, posting this very sweet photo and then this long-ass caption about parting ways and staying respectful, co-parenting to our Mm -hmm. beautiful children. And he's like, you know, sometimes mistakes are made. It's like, okay. (laughs) 
It's just to True. me, it's giving he fucked up and she's being gracious about it. And the fact that she seems so happy, like that interview of her on the red carpet just last week. And she's just like, everybody keeps telling me that they've never seen me glow anymore. Like I'm absolutely radiating joy and positivity. So that was just what I got from it. But yeah, either there's way. definitely two tones going on. Yeah. I don't know details, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But the tones of the delivery <laughs> and expression of what's going on feel yeah. very different. Exactly. And Tia at, very, at least seems like she's in decent place. Her sister came out and said that the Maury's have her back. <laughs> you know, it's a lot of them. So she, right. she seems <laughs> like she's villaged up and everybody's good on that end. Um, for the sake of the kids, I hope that the dad is also in a good mental space and he's not out here being raggedy. Yeah, but I would hope. I read this and I was actually really emotional, but I was also emotional throughout the day. <laughs> like, I had watched... Oh, I can't say what episode. But I watched a show that had like a... Oh, I watched a show that had like a... It ended in one of those, if you were someone you know was struggling with thoughts. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like a black character. Oh. And then I like I watched it and I was like, hmm. And so then right after that, I started scrolling on Instagram and like the second post was yeah, Tia. Was and I was like, shit. no way. They've been married for so long. Yeah. I was so sad. And the first thing I thought of was those cute ass kids. You know, Cairo is one of my faves. Oh, yeah. They do have cute kids. And I have enjoyed you know like i feel like i have grown up with the twins in a lot of ways so we're, yeah, a lot of us i think yeah. they're only a year or two older than me and so love sister sister like you said from the beginning and have followed them for so long that you know i was especially because you know her husband was the black one so i was rooting <laughs> true i was rooting her husband was the black one but i'm also in full support of leaving situations that no longer work a Men, so, preach. Best of Jesus, luck to everybody. Leaving the era <laughs> of settling behind. Yes, we don't. No have more of that. To do this, you are promised one life. Yep, one, one. Okay, life. preacher, you better come through with this word. None of that. None of that. The Mm-mm. kids will be all right as long as you they pour will. yourself enough to pour right back into them. They need love. Mm-hmm. They need stability. And divorce is hard. It, it is, is hard for everybody. It's hard. It's like a very traumatic thing for children to go through. But I would argue that it can be worse to be raised in a home with people who don't want to be together. And it shows. I would agree with you. So good luck. Good luck. Oh, shit. That's it for the hot tops. Hootie hoo. All right. No, well, we're good. We're, done. we're right on time. Amen. All right. Well, let's take a break and come back with your letters. We're back. We're black, and it's mm-hmm. time for your letters. It sure is. Send your questions to asktheread at gmail.com. We may read them aloud on the show. Our first letter this week comes from Vanessa, Miss Vanjie. Not literally. Vanjie. Not literally Vanjie. I would scream, <laughs> cry, right. and die. But Vanessa says, Hey, Kim, you and Crystal, I haven't spoken to my friends in a month and a half because of a fight that two of us had. We were drunk and walking back from a bar in Brooklyn. Yep. After an entire day of day drinking, when we got we'll do it. (laughs) When we got on the topic of relationships. My friend (laughs) This is so primed and ready for beef. 
My friend was talking about how she feels a void without being in a romantic relationship. And I responded with so many ways that she can still find fulfillment, like her great job and her great friends. However, the conversation began to escalate when she said that I wouldn't understand because I've always been in relationships and threw in a little jab, like sometimes at the same time. (laughs) I became defensive because... I became defensive because she was accusing me of beating a cheater and she could have made the, her point without saying that. And why would you even say that? So then I explained to her that what may have seemed like my relationships overlapping was actually just a delay between when the breakup happened and when I told my friends about it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we continued to go back and forth. Until I eventually gave up and agreed to disagree and told her to just stop mentioning me and my relationship altogether. But she kept throwing jabs about my relationship and my relationship history. So I snapped and said, you talking a lot of shit about me and my relationship for somebody who don't have one because her boyfriend is dead. Oh, oh God. I instantly regretted saying What? We had a few more words, and then we all went our separate ways. You had a few more words? There's some choice details that you're leaving out, Vanessa. <laughs> but I'm a, I, we, we continue. I know this was a fucked up thing to say and that I took things too far. I was drunk, angry, and felt attacked in the context of relationships, so I reacted in the same context, not thinking about how this is obviously different for her. I felt like shit since it happened. And my anxiety and shame have kept me from reaching out to her. Plus, she has me blocked on everything, and rightfully so. I want to sincerely apologize because my friends are my chosen family, and I feel like a piece of me is missing without them. But I don't know if it's worth it since it's been so long, and the only way I could reach her would be email. I also don't know if she cares or would ever want to hear from me again. If you were me, would you still try to speak to your friend? Would you just accept the loss? Please let me know your thoughts. Thanks, Vanessa. Oh, if I were you. Yeah. This has been six weeks ago. Six weeks ago that you said this. So would you still try to reach out to your ex-friend? Would you try to apologize? You have not reached out or apologized yet. Because of, Vanessa says, the anxiety and shame have kept her, them, from reaching out to this friend. (laughs) Baby. Baby. Okay. <clears throat> what's 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 this person saying? Vanessa. Hey man. So here's the thing. The way that I was flabbergasted Woo. at that we exchanged a few more words. Because there wouldn't have been an exchange of any further words. Mm-mm. The only thing that would have been exchanged is um, the position of your nose with yeah. my knuckles. I would have whooped your ass directly in the middle of uh-huh. the street. Yeah. Um, especially if we were drunk. <laughs> especially. Now, oh, oh God! At this point, all I can say is, at least you know you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I wanted to say dead wrong, but that felt it. 
Okay. All right. You know you're wrong. Yeah. That's step one. I think at this point, the best thing you can do is maybe send like a text, email, or even a handwritten letter. Oh, yeah. Explain that you're trash. Mm-hmm. And that your alleged anxiety and shame has is the reason mm-hmm. uh, for the delay in an apology. Because at this point, you're dead to me. Oh, yeah. You know, but I don't know how petty your friend is. Clearly not as petty as you. But I think that I would have to definitely acknowledge the fact that it has been a month and a half um, since this horrible statement that I made Mm -hmm. um, and that I'm blaming it on nerves, anxiety, and stuff, which I buy. I yeah. don't find You said something that fucks up. <laughs> I I fully understand that you feel anxiety and shame about saying that. I cuz what really can be said? Yeah. Um there's no taking that back. And you shouldn't attempt to. I think what you need to do is acknowledge the delay, acknowledge that you were wrong, and acknowledge why you were wrong Mm -hmm. because i think that some people miss that step i think that sometimes in apologies you just be like oh i'm sorry that this thing happened and there's a lack of understanding that what the problem actually is right there's a lack of acknowledgement of what the problem actually is which leaves room for future error in the exact same ways so it's like girl sometimes you not just acknowledging that you know you're wrong but acknowledging and and not necessarily breaking down, but just acknowledging yeah. why. Yep, just say it. Just saying the reasons why this thing was fucked, fucked up. Not just that it's fucked up. Because sometimes it helps to fully encompass the, like mm-hmm. the ways that you are understanding. Yep. Um. Now... I'm still stuck on whether or not I would add this last bit because sometimes don't nobody want to hear this shit. Yeah, you know what? Don't nobody want to hear this shit. What I was going to say was like, you know, you can leave room for under. There's there, there shouldn't be an attempt at like a a makeup here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and that's why I say don't say it because sometimes I think like the when people say shit like you don't have to forgive me. We don't have to be friends. I feel like it puts pressure on that person to like make some sort of decision or like look at you from a certain perspective that is just manipulative. So it's like, don't nobody really want to hear that. You can just acknowledge that you were fucked up, acknowledge that it was wrong, acknowledge that you took too long to say something and why, you know what I'm saying? And just wish her the best and peace and leave it at that. And however it is that she decides to respond, if she decides to respond, is up to her. But I would say what you said was so goddamn fucked up that if this girl never wants to speak to you again and never does, you're going to have to just take that L. Yeah. And it kind of sounds like, well, I mean, so first of all, saying, you know, oh, you don't have to forgive me. is kind of like, bitch, I know that. That's going to piss me off. You don't have to tell me I don't have to forgive you because I know I don't have to forgive you. I know I don't have to be your friend again. 
that's up to me. Like, I, I know that. So you saying that is just going to get on my nerves. But I mean, this I actually, bad. this is really bad. This like, is, you are so this is some low shit. Yeah. I can't believe. And it sounds like you actually lost all of your friends behind this. It sounds like everybody yeah, immediately sided with her, like, right. which is just even more of a, that's a difficult thing to go through. So I'm really reaching to like find the empathy for you right now because it's hard to fuck up like this and to pay the cost so dearly. You are really paying the cost. I don't know what I would do if I lost a huge chunk of my friends all at once because of something I did. Something that was completely avoidable. Like, I didn't have to be that person and I just chose to be that girl. Like, literally all my fault. Yeah. So, um, I actually, I completely agree with Kifiri. I I was thinking an email would be best, but I actually really love your idea of a handwritten letter. Yeah. Because, especially, you know, make sure you put your name and return address on the envelope or whatever so that when she gets the mail, she sees it's it's from you and she can decide when she wants to open it and read it, if she wants to open it, she might just shred mm. it, throw it away. But like, I really like the idea because um, you're giving her the chance to decide when and if she wants to look at this or accept your apology or read your explanation. Um, and also you can convey a lot of, I feel like handwriting things really conveys emotion in a way that email does not. That's true. It's just much more personal to handwrite something. And it's very, you know, it's vintage. People don't do that as a regular method of communication anymore. So um, I would write her a very heartfelt letter. Not, uh, again, leaving out the, oh, you don't have to forgive me. Um, And also not making too many excuses. Like, you, obviously you were drunk and feeling triggered and threatened by whatever. Like, obviously you have your own... And it sounds like both of y'all, like neither one of y'all, y'all kept this going when it shouldn't have had to. I would mm. love to hear her side of it or even better, one of the third party friends. <laughs> I would love yeah. to hear one of them niggas side. Because right. uh, the whole we had a few more words, bitch, I need to know what she mm. did after you. S- like, I feel like sh- this bitch must have raged. She must have absolutely blacked out on your ass. <laughs> I just can't fathom. And the way that like everybody, like you haven't talked to none of your friends in six weeks, baby, they done started a whole new group chat about you. That's a fact. Um, because yeah, that was fucked up. I would, I would accept the loss, but I would also write the letter because I really want to, for myself, I would write the letter. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to make up for it, but I'm going to do the best I can. Like Kodak Black, you can't make up for blaming this girl, but mm-hmm. you can apologize in the best way you know how and yes. and let and let that be right there. Will that girl ever accept Kodak Black's apology? Who knows? Who cares? But it was something he should have done anyway. Exactly. And this is something you should do regardless, Vanessa. Exactly. And maybe, you know, I don't know. I feel like you need to take a good hard look at yourself and what made you get that far because i'm just i'm sorry i you didn't say how old you are but jesus christ (laughs) that's so fucked up that is so fucked up if you lose all your friends behind this i won't be surprised yeah because like how am i gonna be close to you knowing that if you get mad enough you'll throw my fucking traumatic events back in my face like 
If you will throw that in my face, bitch. Baby, you'll throw anything. You will say anything about me. That is some heartless shit, <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs> so, okay. good luck uh, with, you know, picking up the pieces, forgiving yourself and moving on. And, you know, but yeah, I, I say write that letter and write it. And and good luck moving on. It's hard, but goddamn, girl. <laughs> bitch, you learned. Ooh, goddamn. Okay. Um... Next letter comes from SJ, who says, My mother passed away earlier this year after 15 days in the ICU. She was having surgery, fell into a coma, and never woke up. My mother was my very best friend in the world, and I think I will forever be devastated by her loss. The issue comes down to me and my boyfriend. We've been in a relationship for five years. He's 25, and I'm 26. We grew up very differently. I had freedom and support while he was sheltered in a super religious household where he can't do anything without permission from his father. He still lives at home and won't move out until he's married. And he didn't even tell his parents. And he didn't even tell his parents we were dating until a year ago. And they've been together for five. Yeah. He's 25. She's 26. Mm-hmm. The day after my mom's surgery, when we found out that it didn't go well and she was in a coma that she wouldn't wake up from, I called my boyfriend and said I needed him here now. He initially said, okay, I'm coming. Then later that day, told me that his dad wouldn't let him <laughs> because his dad doesn't know my family and doesn't trust us. My boyfriend didn't come until nine days later, six days before my mom passed, when I really just needed his support and presence. The two of them also had a great relationship. So I really wanted us all to be together one last time. Whew. I felt then and still feel so let down and disrespected by him and his family. He's an adult, my partner of five years. And when I needed him the most, he didn't show up. If roles were reversed, he and I both know that I would be there in a heartbeat. Even though I understand why he couldn't come, I'm harboring a lot of resentment and I fear I have lost respect for him. I know I need therapy for my grief, but am I wrong for feeling the way I do? Do you guys think I'm overreacting? Do you think a relationship can survive this type of situation? Any advice would help. I am so lost. Thanks so much. XOXO SJ. SJ. Maybe that's like Sarah Jane. I don't know. But girl. Mm. Fuck this <laughs> nigga. Fuck him. Fuck his daddy. Fuck yeah. everything else they got going on over there. What the actual fuck are you talking about? Now, I know y'all are young. Mm-hmm. And so you asked three questions. I don't remember the first one, but I know the answer to my question. The answers for me in sequence were no, no, yes. <laughs> maybe. Right. No, no, maybe. Yeah. That last question was this, like, can a relationship survive something like this? Absolutely, dude. It's just going to take a lot of work. Do I believe that you have the energy or bandwidth for that type of work at 25 and 26? I don't know. That's a very good point. Do I believe that you need it? I don't know. (sighs) Got a lot of time. Got a lot of, um, God willing, a lot of years ahead of you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that um, these red flags are flagging. Now, I'm, I've been with you for 20, <laughs> 20. I've been with <laughs> you for five whole years at this point. Yeah. First of all, the fact that you didn't even say anything to your family about me until a year ago is questionable. And that's more questionable 
that's more me questioning you. Yeah. Not them. They could be super religious and and conservative and weird and whatever the fuck. And that's your goddamn problem. That ain't got nothing to do with you being dishonest with them and telling them just a year ago we've been dating for five. Of course, they don't know shit about me. Like, but for you to know what I'm going through and choose your whack-ass, cap-ass, weird-ass daddy's opinion <laughs> over being there for me when I'm in probably the lowest place I've been emotionally. Right, in my scariest life. Scariest place. Yeah. I, I, I thought when she said that she thinks she's lost respect. Because, like, the... I don't know, like the weird shit about the family not knowing or him living with the family, like all of that kind of stuff can be adjusted. But like, I don't respect you. Yeah. I don't know if I respect you because of how you are moving. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you know that if the roles were reversed, I would have been there um, laying flowers around, bringing people tea, yeah. massaging feet, doing the, just the extras to like... <sighs> the. T- me, a single bitch who really don't like nobody in my face, although I still have feelings and stuff like that. Maybe I should shut the fuck up. But the scales ain't t- they ain't balanced enough for me out here. Just watching. But just watching. Just doing a little gazing, a little bit of observing. <laughs> Y'all go out here and do whole backflips, mm-hmm. whole yeah. open heart surgeries, do all kinds of things to make sure the nigga is not uncomfortable. And what does he do? Leave you to cry and burn down your kitchen trying to make tacos. <laughs> I'm tired. You ain't tired? Because I'm tired. Just listening. And I don't even be in the shit and I'm exhausted. Yeah. Tell that nigga to burn rubber. (laughs) Beat it. I don't ever want a motherfucker to talk to you at this point. I'm young enough, pruned enough. (laughs) Go off pruned. 26, that's still young and fine. (laughs) I'm young and pruned enough to get back <laughs> out here and find a nigga who is not going to be up underneath his daddy and his motherfucking opinions about me when I'm literally sitting and, and like by my mama in a hospital. She's comatose. Are you fucking stupid, girl? Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. no, you're fine. You're not married to this nigga. Y'all don't have kids. Tell that nigga to beat dust. Kick <laughs> stones. <laughs> I, so obviously I'm always on, almost always on team breakup with him. And if you chose to leave him, I don't see anything wrong with that. I will say there are a couple of things here that give me some hope. A couple. Mm. One is, one is that y'all are, y'all are very young. And. Mm. All the more reason to leave a nigga. It's, it's hard Mm. to overemphasize the effects that our families have on us. If he grew up in a very sheltered, very religious household, he still lives at home. It's very difficult for him to break away from his family's rules and expectations for him. So, so there is that. There is also the fact that he did actually show up. It took him nine days, which that was nine days that you were dealing with this absolute shit situation without the support of the person who should have been there. So like, not excusing that. But at some point he did say, listen, y'all are just going to have to be mad, but I have to go be with my woman because she is going through it right now. And y'all did have um, a few days together before your mother passed away. I'm assuming he was there afterwards and all that. So 
he didn't miss it all together, which is the other tiny sliver of light that I can see in this situation. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want I I don't want SJ to undervalue the grief here. Like you said, your mother was your best friend in the whole world. You lost her after a surgery. Like she put in some extra details that like the doctors thought that this was going to go very well and it was going to be like not not they thought that the mother was going to come through basically like everybody felt good about this and so for you to then lose her like this like that is huge for you that's extremely devastating so you said you know like i know i need therapy for my grief but and like no but like let's let's go back to that cuz this is a big thing that happened to you losing parents for most people is extremely traumatic and then losing yours at such a young age and in this manner like that is a lot so i want you to first and foremost be extremely gracious with yourself patient with yourself it's fine to have conflicting or confusing feelings about this nigga because it was conflicting and confusing behavior um so can a relationship survive yes but i also think like if Yuri said y'all are really gonna have to put the the work and the effort into it and if you don't want to then that is completely up to you and i'm gonna I'm cheer you on Either way, but I don't think he's necessarily completely hopeless. I think he's trying to break out of um, some conditioning that has been extremely hard for him. That's hard. I guess you're right. To go- <laughs> I'm just, I'm literally only giving him this grace because he's 25 years old. If he was 38. You're right. <laughs> I would be like, change the goddamn locks. (laughs) That's around the age. Yeah. A lot of us have. Yeah. And so, transformation. What is he doing now? Is he saying, okay, you know what? Like, they obeying my family in this situation because, oh, my dad don't know them and he don't trust them. So, like, that kept me away from a woman who had always shown me love, somebody I had a good relationship with, the mother of my girlfriend who I love, like that kept me away from the woman I adore while she's grieving and going through the worst shit of her life. Like, and I wasn't there because of y'all and y'all shit. Like, so if this is like a catalyst for him to be like, maybe it's time for me to grow up and move away from that shit. And like, maybe what my parents say isn't always best. And maybe it's actually sometimes really fucking harmful then I think y'all are moving. Then I think it's much more likely that y'all can move past this. But if right. not, if he's still arguing with you about, oh, well, my dad said like, okay, I don't have time for that. You saw what I went through. You see what I'm going through. Like you just lost her a few months ago. You see what I'm going through. You either going to be here for me. You're either choosing me or you're not. Right. Either way, I got to take care of me. So um, but best of luck to you, little sis. Let us know how it goes. Our last question comes from Maria, who says, I want to know if I'm wrong in this situation. You probably mm-hmm. not, but let's keep reading. My boyfriend and I are going to Connecticut for his family's wedding. We don't get to spend much time together since I moved back home and he lives an hour away with some relatives. So I've been looking forward to spending this time with him. I got us a rental car and we booked a hotel for the weekend. After I rented the car, he agreed to give his cousin a ride to the airport 40 minutes away and to pick up his mama and another cousin at a different airport an hour away. Mind you, 
We will be arriving at 9 p.m. and I really don't want to spend the whole night driving. And it bothers me that I'm the one whose idea it was to rent the car because I didn't want to rely on nobody for a ride. But now we the ones giving rides on my time and my dime. I got so annoyed about it that I didn't even say anything when he told me about agreeing to give his cousin a ride. Am I being irrational? How would y'all handle this situation? I'm starting to think that he will want to spend the entire time with his family when we were supposed to be spending time alone since we never do. What if I wanted to get freaky in the car? Okay. Well, Not sure what to do about this if? situation. Would really appreciate any advice. Thanks. Love you guys, Maria. Well, Maria, <clears throat> do I think that you are in the wrong? You don't want to carry his family all around Connecticut on the weekend? Y'all were supposed to be spending together? Mm, I don't know, girl. Not sure. Let me think about it. I think, I mean, I think the one no, thing here is that <laughs> like y'all are, y'all are going for his family's wedding. So that's the only thing that has me like, yeah, we were going to spend a bunch of time with his family and not necessarily alone because we're going for this family event. That is the only thing I can think of as far as like that argument of am I wrong? I just... <clears throat> I'm the one who thought to to get and pay for it. I'm the one who spent the money to get this car. Yeah. Respectfully, <laughs> I don't give a fuck about your What are we doing here? Damn. If you wanted to be Ray, then all you had to do was say that. I. But you should have gotten, like, paid for and gotten your limo. Oh, my God. On your own. Don't come over to, you know. Yep. To Lisa Landry's <laughs> empire and disturb what, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to fuck you. I don't like, Oof. I'm over it. Yeah. But, <laughs> sorry, <drops my> <laughs> what did you do to that mic? <laughs> I have like a spasm. Designs by Lisa ain't got nothing to do with this, though. Leave me out of it. You cart your family I just around. feel like where you lost me at was well, no, because I've I've been this person, but where we maybe should have taken a different turn mm -hmm. is that I was so upset or I felt some type of way, or whatever, that I just didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Say it. No, no. No, no, we're piping up. That's yeah, the season. Absolutely. Um, there is a a specific reason that I spent this money and this time getting this vehicle, and it was not to take your motherfucking cousins <laughs> down to departure. It wasn't. I don't give a fuck about that. Right. All right. So now, if that's what you want to do, 
we can pull over and we can work on figuring out some Ubering and some lifting or whatever. And you can go and figure that out. And I'll drive to wherever the fuck I want. I will literally ride this bitch out to the gas or that gas ends or Renaissance ends. Who knows? Because I'm not playing it once. <laughs> but what I'm not doing is using my money in the goddamn car that I rented yeah. to hang out with your stupid ass to cart your whole fucking family around the state. Bitch, you must be dizzy. I don't know what's wrong with niggas. And then y'all be fucking them anyway. I'm lost. I So my thing is, how you gonna volunteer my shit? It doesn't make It's not mathing. How you going to be like, it's not geometry. Oh yeah. Sure. We'll take you 40 minutes away. Sure. We'll take your, your mom to the air, a different airport an hour away and pick up a whole nother cousin. Like how are you going to volunteer when it's not your car? You didn't rent it or nothing. So like, no, you're not being irrational because he doesn't have the right to volunteer the shit that you paid for. Like, where is it? The car is in your name. You paid for it. So, no, you don't get to decide what the car is going to be doing. I get to decide that. (laughs) So he absolutely should have talked to you about it first. And the fact that he was just like, I guess he just assumed you was going to be down. Nigga. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Probably because he be doing aggravating dumbass shit. Probably And you get mad and don't say nothing. And girl, what if I wanted to get freaky in the car? Baby, let me tell you something about getting freaky in the car that is yeah yeah let's not overlook that portion y'all first of all y'all booked a hotel for the weekend so the only thing i'm thinking of that you i'm thinking like maybe you wanted to suck his dick while he was driving or something i don't know why y'all have that particular fantasy but like you shouldn't be sucking dick in a car that you that you paid for not a rental like at the, at the bare minimum, let that nigga pay for the rental if you're going to be sucking dick in the car. At the bare I minimum, girl. Or don't suck dick in the car. I mean, because you do, y'all cause accidents with that. It's not, just suck dick in the hotel room. Like, just get it's freaky in the hotel room. It, the Them people over at Avis, Hertz, Dollar, they don't deserve to have to clean up that nigga's fucking baby batter that got dried up underneath the steering, steering wheel or whatever, like. Let, but but if you were gonna do it, at least let him fucking pay for the car. I just wanted to. As soon as I saw I mean, that, I said given. the girls are losing. You need to go back. Have you heard of Trina? You need to go back <laughs> to <lost>. 1998. <laughs> it's just like all the books, the guidelines, everything is the just. The girls have received so much guidance, and they're Ted still talks, lost. Man, you just don't want it. I just it's like what more am I supposed to do? I can't. I ain't, so, so how would I handle the situation? I'm spending my money to go to his family's wedding. I'm going to say something. I know you said you were so annoyed that you didn't. If I were you, if this wedding hasn't happened yet, I would absolutely say something. Period. I'm not going to have a whole attitude. Then bringing everybody else's mood down. Like everybody came for a wedding. It's a celebration. Everybody's happy, ready to party, turn up. And I got a whole fucking attitude bringing the mood down because of this nigga. Say something before y'all Because you know he's going to be having a good time. Listen. Y'all going to get to the wedding. You're going to get drunk with his fucking people. You're going to be at the table with the other girlfriends picking at your overcooked shrimp and thinking about how mad you are at this man. When he's talking about going out after the wedding to the club with his friends and you thought y'all was going to be laid up watching Lifetime, then what? Communication is key, especially when you have an issue. 
So definitely say something. And it sounds like you thought, you know, oh, we'll be spending time together. You know, we don't get a lot of time together. And it sounds like he was like, yo, we going to my cousin's wedding. I'm going to get fucked up. So like a lot of really honest conversations about what you feel, what your expectations are can avoid. You can avoid all of this. And a cute, um, yeah, I don't know what your mom and them going to do, but not my rental car. Maybe he can put in on the car, like pay for half of it or all of it. Maybe he can pay for the gas for it. I know times are hard. Inflation is beating everybody's ass right now, but you don't get to volunteer my shit. You don't. Boyfriend, husband, best friend, whoever. You don't get to do that. You owe me a conversation first. So... I would start with that and let the conversation, you know, go from there. But definitely, definitely say something before y'all leave. That's my advice. Um, Start breastfeeding these (laughs) niggas at this point. I'm like, have the girls, have they just completely abandoned the teachings of our foremothers? I don't understand. I'm just... It's like, how is this even happening? I know we're in a different economy now and, and... one person can't be expected to pay for everything in most situations, but baby, baby, letting a nigga mm. take control over something you paid for. Hate to see it. Absolutely the fuck not. Absolutely not, Marie. Not, <laughs> not my Jesus. <laughs> not over here in my black American home. We won't be doing that. So I'm hurting niggas feeling it's Thursday. I be hurting okay. niggas' feelings on accident. I don't even know I'm doing it until I see the look of despair in their faces. And I'm like, oh, damn. Don't make me know, never mind. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Maria, say something and please let us know how that conversation goes. That is going to wrap up the letters for this week. If you have a question for us, send it on over to gmail.com. We're going to take another quick break and be right back. Okay, folks, we're here, we're queer, and we're ready to read. We are. I will begin because I don't really have that much. Sure. Okay, all right. First. Antonio Brown. I don't... <laughs> I don't know what it's going to take. Um, you know what? This read isn't even as much for Antonio Brown as it is for others. But in the process and the journey to that, let me say, Antonio, AB, as they call you, I don't know exactly what the uh, intention or uh, what the inspiration behind you being ass naked in a pool in Dubai and throwing your literal bare butt cheeks in a white woman's face. Mm. I don't know what that was. Nope. Um, I don't know why that was supposed to be funny. Um, now, the side of you lifting up this white woman and dunking her into the pool in front of you like a football. (sighs) 
someone who's generally not a fan of why women wish I could say I saw the humor in that too. Yeah. Um, you flashing your nude penis at this person and everybody else in the pool and around the pool for that matter, including your guests. What are you doing? Why do... Why do niggas like you get money and plane trips to uh, places like Dubai and Abu Dhabi and then act as if you have, like, no sense or white privilege? Well. And then you try to come back on the internet afterwards and flip it around and talk about if the roles were reversed and clearly she had my draws and all this other stuff. Like, that doesn't explain um, the reports of this individual and several others who were complaining about this behavior, about your dick flashing in the pool, about other shit that you had been doing in the hotel the whole last time. You walking around acting like you can do whatever the fuck you want to, like you're completely unstoppable, like you have no bounds and no boundaries because you have money, like a lot of rich niggas are doing these days. And then when anybody calls you out for it, it's like, oh my goodness, black man, we can't, what are you, anyways, to the niggas who were recording this and egging him on the entire time and laughing and saying that he waterboarded this woman and like what what is y'all's pro- like specifically what is y'all's problem like wh- <laughs> some of you niggas I promise you it is okay to tell your homeboy straight to straight that he is fucking wildin' and needs to calm down. It is, it is, you will be fine diva. I promise you. Mm -hmm. It is okay to say, hey, friend, put your cock away. You look crazy. This is illegal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Literally shower niggas in praise for doing all kinds of wild, a lot of times illegal, violent things. And then when anyone has the nerve to be like, this nigga's violent, it's like, <gasps> how dare you? Oppression? <laughs> I'm just, I have no, like, y'all are lost and I'd, um, I'm, I have no yeah. desire to see you found. That's one. Two, to the paparazzi person that found Nia Long outside of wherever she was exiting the other day and followed her while she was with her son, asking her questions about her soon-to-be ex-husband. Yeah. Go directly to hell. I want you to be dragged to hell Mm -hmm. by hooks and chains. Yes, yes. There's a new Hellraiser coming out this weekend. I'm excited. It's fine. Mm -mm. You, I just think like really following people specifically in moments of like stress, turmoil, and especially people who like don't seem to have done anything wrong. And right. 
sticking a camera in their face for other people's entertainment or gossip and stuff like that. Like, I understand that it's a business. I understand why. And there's a whole trail of people you could point fingers at. Yes. You still, as an individual, have to make the conscious decision to go and seek these people out and record them and take the footage, sell the footage, and the following. You are asking this woman who is still in the middle of all of this drama. And a lot of us still don't know how bad this story with uh, with her husband is. Yeah, we still don't know the details. <laughs> but it sounds real bad. The girlies, <laughs> even in this case, the girlies try to jump forward and be like, no, I'm defending my strength and I'm defending my own and my bro, all mm-hmm. the niggas be out here fucking or whatever. Yep. Only to come back a smooth 36 hours yes. later and be like, I don't know him. Yep. I don't know her. <laughs> I don't even play basketball. I don't know nothing about what y'all are talking about. So it's clearly bad. Yeah. Came back like, in hindsight, I made some comments Without thinking. And really, I should have calmed down first and gotten all the facts. Like, niggas clean that up real quick. So. So whatever is going on is obviously not great. Yeah. Right. But for you to be following this woman when she's with her child. Yeah. That she has with this nigga. Mm-hmm. And me asking, are they going to be reconciliation? Which Nia was like, Tuh. so. We know mm-hmm. the energy right. over there. But I just find that to be particularly disgusting. Yeah. Particularly disgusting. It would have been like annoying and blood sucking and vulturey enough to be doing it if she was just walking out of a Jamba Juice or whatever by herself. But yeah. she's with her child. And you got a camera in her face in broad daylight for TMZ or whoever the fuck. Go straight directly to Hades, yeah. bitch. Mm-hmm. Clock in. You you have to be a complete freak to think that that type of shit is like acceptable or it's just my job. It's just my job. Fuck you and your job, bitch. Woo. No discernment. No like compassion. Like the, no humanity. Mm-hmm. No nothing. Like this. No. This child is right there. No. Thank you, friend. Absolutely no bratupsies. None. That's it. I'm done. I'm so glad. I'm really glad you brought that up because this clip of TMZ and Nia Long, the paparazzi chasing her down. And even after, like, she was incredibly gracious and said, you know, I don't have a comment about that. The fact that this man continued to follow her and ask her questions, even though she said she didn't have a comment and she was with her child, really pissed me off. But it was part of a greater read about TMZ altogether because... Let's do it. I feel like TMZ gets away with a lot because them niggas be right. They be right more often than they're wrong, especially in recent years, I would say in the last almost a decade. They've been right more than they were wrong. But they're right because they pay everybody in Los Angeles to report whatever is going on with anybody. Somebody saw Nia Long at fucking Sprouts with her child and texted a TMZ paparazzi who was there in 45 seconds, I'm sure. But this is not even... So it's not even just the things they do like with their paparazzi. It's also the way that they will frame 
their quote unquote news stories in order to get as many clicks and hits as fucking possible. So first of all, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie been getting divorced for a while. This story came out about divorced. Well, so this story came out about like some domestic violence shit that happened back in 2016. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. So the actual filing that Angelina Jolie, uh, this lawsuit, whatever it is, these court documents talk about Brad Pitt physically abusing the children, choking one of them, hitting them in the face, grabbing Angelina by her hair, shaking her around, pouring beer and wine on the kids. Like, as uh, while they're on a plane from France to California. So like a long goddamn flight anyway, but then everybody having to endure this physical and emotional abuse on the fucking flight. TMZ said, Angelina Jolie is on a smear campaign against Brad Pitt, hashing and rehashing the same allegations she's made for years, allegations that have fallen flat with authorities. This, according to sources close to Brad. that's how they get away with their shit they say the most awful terrible things and be like according to friends of this very wretched person who has done these horrible things he's completely innocent well no shit girl like and when these friends and these sources are anonymous you can say whatever you want to again they wrote that tweet like that like oh she's doing all this shit that the authorities don't care about according to brad's friends she's been doing it for years they do that on twitter or instagram or whatever else so that you will engage with the tweet so that you engage with the post so that you click through and then as you're reading it you see somebody else's businesses that they done fucking dove into and so you continue to spend more time on their site and you go to them for your number one source of celebrity bullshit. Like they do that shit on purpose and they did it to Vanessa Bryant. This I found particularly disgusting. Oh my gosh. Mm. Because if you remember, TMZ is the reason Vanessa found out that Kobe and her baby were dead before she even had the chance to be Mm. notified. Mm. They wrote a tweet about Vanessa Bryant at the Bad Bunny concert that said, Vanessa Bryant crashes the Bad Bunny concert in L.A., renting out a whole VIP suite for just herself and one friend, it seems. Uh-huh. So, first yeah. of all, Vanessa Bryant can't crash a concert, especially when, according to your own words, she rented out a fucking VIP suite. That's not crashing. She literally yeah. paid to be there. She's invited. She's allowed. What? Like, the VIP suite means that she and whoever the fuck else she wants to invite can be in there. And Is she and Bad Bunny beefing? Like, <laughs> like, you say that like she went on stage and he had no idea. Like, you said that it was like, like I'm sorry, Taylor, I'm gonna let you finish. But like, it wasn't nothing like that. What? Vanessa paid for a private suite like most celebrities do at big shows like this. And she and her friends went to have a good fucking time. And don't think that I didn't notice how extremely goddamn tacky it was to use the word crash in this situation. And I know it was deliberate. I know it was because she didn't even crash the show. Like it doesn't make any sense. You only say that if you want to pour salt in the wound of what this woman has already gone through. Oh, Vanessa Bryant crashed the bad bunny show. No, she didn't. Like she very didn't. She paid How? to be there. And I even bought... if she didn't pay, even if she was gifted the VIP suite, she didn't crash nothing. You said that so people would engage. 
You said that so people would click through and read your fucking story and watch your videos. You know, good and goddamn well she didn't do that. But right, but y'all will do anything for money. And that's the shit that I don't fuck with. Anything, anything. The woman lost her baby. Her fucking child. How heartless can you be? How fucking terrible of a person do you have to be? Nobody cares. What's his name? Harry Levin? Henry Levin? No fucking... Whatever whatever he is. When he dies, <clears throat> same will be like, my nigga, I thought you'd never show up. Y'all are working hand in hand. That's some they tandem been, bullshit. The devil gonna be like, they would not stop asking me when you would get here. And I'm like, girl... We've been waiting on <laughs> like, you for a long time. Long she's time. She's working. She's Horrible working. person. Absolutely wretched person. And then the Nia Long shit, which we already been through, but like, baby, ban TMC. Get TMZ the fuck out of here. I, And I'm not even blaming people for engaging, arguing with them, clicking through to read the whole story anyway, because that's what you're supposed to do. Like, if you want to get all the details, you're supposed to click through and read the story. I don't blame y'all. I blame them because they're T-M-fucking-Z and people <laughs> will watch anyway. People will click mm. anyway. You don't have to be horrible like this about people. You choose to do it. That's what pisses me off. And speaking of pissing me off, LeBron James decided to post himself jigging to that. What did LeBron James do? Oh, he decided to post himself. I think he's driving and also recording and also dancing. It seems like a weird combination of things to me for a nigga who's pushing 40. But he definitely decided to post himself. I guess you could call it dancing in his car along to... Some not song by that violent, you know, little fourth grader size nigga, Tory Lanez, talking about Tory Lanez and then like the cold emoji and like, oh, this shit slap, bro. And so he's just vibing to whatever the fuck Tory Lanez has going on. And I'm just like, really? Okay. I don't know why I expected better out of LeBron. I don't know. But I am so disgusted with niggas choosing, again, like, Nobody is forcing LeBron James to listen to Tory Lanez. And even if you do listen to Tory Lanez, for damn sure, nobody is making you record yourself and post that shit on Instagram. So why do it? Support Tory Lanez for what? (laughs) For what? The song is not even that good. For what? Just to make sure that this black man knows that another very rich and famous and powerful black man has his back to despite yep. the fact that he shot Meg and continues to be a menace to others. Like, that's my, like, yes. For what? Shot a woman, but then also has been a nuisance <laughs> since. Right. I just read something about a hit and run, like, earlier today. Like, did you see that video of him? Like, he was, I guess he was on some nigga show, a podcast or something, talking about how he's not going back and forth with people on the internet because he's facing 24 years in jail. And I hope you get every Great. goddamn day. I hope you get every millisecond of that time. It sucks that it took you this long to co- to reach that perspective. Talking about that's next month. And I hope it happens. I hope you get locked up right before the holidays and you stay locked up for the rest of your life. It's what you deserve. And more than anything, I wish that while this was going on, he got kicked out of this goddamn country and sent back to Canada because I have a feeling, I have a feeling that not being allowed to be in America would be more of a punishment to him right now than whatever stress he's going through waiting on the results of this trial. 
waiting to find out about his sentencing and whatever else. I have a feeling that not being able to tour, do random shows, not being able to go on nigga podcasts and all that, I feel like that would hurt him more than, because he was on this show talking about, I mean, I, I know I make it look good, but you know, I'm facing 24 years and then this dick eating ass interview was being under the stress of facing a quarter century in jail, I guess. I disagree. And other niggas like, damn, yeah, you don't look pressed at all, my nigga. You looking looking mad good, you know, skin glistening, gleaming. I mean, he not, you know. He just jumped a nigga for not shaking like, his hands. Like, again, what was the fucking <laughs> reason? LeBron, really, and I don't know why. I was, When I saw this video, I was like, why did I have higher expectations of LeBron James? I don't know. I honestly think, though, that there is, like, an Illuminate to Like, I think that there that niggas in the industry have group chats where they're like, help me out. Like the non-hetero, the uh, non-hetero males are, you know, (laughs) beefing with me. They don't like me because of some shit that I did. They expect me to take accountability. Here's what I want you to tweet. Cause it's like, even like I saw the baby say some shit about he's being blackballed and then had like two, three niggas after that oh, talking about God. the baby's being blackballed. The baby's being blackballed. Like, duh, nigga. The nigga went on live on the stage and said some stupid ass homophobic, horrible ass shit. And so, it's what she deserves. 13 stages past that were like, please don't come over here with that because it's going to cost us money and energy and press. Like, yeah. What do you mean? That's not how blackballing even works. But again, <laughs> it re- like <laughs> it reminds me of everybody posting that screenshot of them ugly ass shoes. It reminds me of like motherfuckers like even trying to. Ex- okay, I'm done. I honestly think though that the girlies text each other and are like, "Big bro, hell. absolutely, yep." And someone might, someone yep. might. And LeBron was somebody like literally that's what y'all do. So extremely disappointed in LeBron James, but I don't know why. I don't know why. I really don't. I I can't tell you why I feel a way about that. I just do. Sidebar real quick back to the toddler. How would you like (laughs) (laughs) you try to excuse them low sales by saying that she was blackballed? Who knew that this album was coming out? What was the rollout? Come on. Come on. What are you talking about? You dressed up no like the Crypt Keeper, said that you fucked Megan the Stallion, and that your album was out, and it sold bricks, and then you're like, oh my goodness, I'm blackballed. Who the fuck knew that you had an album? Did anyone, seriously, did it, was it, was, what was the rollout for this, for this project? Because I didn't hear anything. I saw him dressed like an orc, and then he said he <laughs> fucked Megan the Stallion. And the album was out and it didn't sell. So how don't, how yeah. did you promote it? Because it doesn't right. feel like you did. Past saying that you fucked Megan the Stallion, which. And then okay. I don't even know if you saw, Meek Mill was like, I can just, I don't know if y'all peeping it, but the baby getting blackballed by the industry. That's what I'm, I'm saying. saying though, like, That's what I'm saying. Calm down. What? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, the like, way I y'all... thought you was talking about Tori. <laughs> the way this two short little niggas who don't know how to act. Oh, no, niggas, both of them. Niggas both swear of them. they like, getting mistreated. All of these like... niggas. Him, Kanye, Tori, oh, all of them. Lord. I honestly think that they be texting each other and be like, hey, bro, bro, bro. Lord, just free us from <laughs> niggas. Kanye texts, love, love you, praise God. 
that shit sent me. And now I'll be on the radio dancing. They said he tried to take that, take that. The way he was dancing around. Uh, oh my God. When they talked about that up. goddamn t-shirt. And I said exactly what, because what is he supposed to say? Yeah. <laughs> this shit is objectively is fucking wrong and dumb. <laughs> you know that. <laughs> there's no defending it and he's steady trying to that's like everybody that's trying to defend that shirt yeah. literally sounds crazy because yeah. there's no defense of it right you de- you sound ridiculous like it's okay for niggas to fuck up and face the consequences of their actions why don't you try letting that happen and I'm really trying to move away from like being a carceral ass nigga I am but when you relentlessly target and harass people and seem to not learn. What the fuck are we supposed to do with you? Get the trash out as far as I'm concerned. Get the trash (laughs) out. I mean, and other than that, I just want to say fuck you to the ride sharing apps because of them. I got on the train for the first time in literal years because I had class the other day. Now, granted, it was raining. Uber and Lyft prices are always higher when it was raining. But lately, I feel like ride-sharing prices have been crazy, and they've just been like, you can either pay it or, 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 or fucking hoof it, bitch. Up, yeah. yeah. And so a lot of times I have just bitten the fucking bullet and booked the car anyway. Baby, I was trying to go to school the other day, to class. These niggas quoted me 100 American dollars to take you go to school Uber. in Boston? <laughs> To take a car from my apartment to my university. I said, are you out of your fucking 100 goddamn dollars? (laughs) And it's it's raining and cold and dark outside. So I'm not going to ride my bike. That just sounds like an ER trip waiting to happen. Yeah. I was like, but without my bike and a car, how do I get to school? I was like, (laughs) what do I do now? subway bitch i got on the train because of these rideshare apps and the issue with inflation and i know it's not just rideshare i know it's everybody everywhere they are charging ridiculous amounts of money to do extremely basic things six dollars for a dozen eggs (laughs) baby the way my mima would be cartwheeling in her grave if she knew niggas was charging six dollars for a dozen eggs (laughs) <laughs> not the way we used to get eggs for like 88 cents are you kidding it's out of control it is out of control joseph biden what's going on what can be done somebody come through and fix it fix it, fix it! <laughs> <laughs> yes child i got back on the train and actually the train is not that bad yes i had on my N95. i was just about to say like you know i had on my train... n95 <laughs> When you haven't been on the train in, like, a long time yeah. and you, like, have to. Yeah. Unless it's, like, one of those train rides that's, like, obviously terrible where it's, like, incredibly packed or there's yes. a fight. or Rush hour. Smells like vomit and piss. I mean, that's, and that's like, most of them. <laughs> that's most of them. But it's, like, sometimes you will, A, get there quicker and you might just have an experience where all you, you did was sit your ass down. It, it, like, literally, I would say seven times out of ten, especially me going from where I'm coming from and to where I'm going, the train is faster. And it's definitely cheaper. 
You just have to deal with everybody else in New York. You have to deal with being on the train. And that's where the struggle comes in. But sometimes the train is disgusting, but sometimes you will come out of a one time back on the train experience and be like, you know what? That was not bad. You know what? I really feel like they done fucked up because now I'm like, oh, girl, I'm going to just take the train to school. I'm going to just take the train. I don't give a fuck no more. I'm not spending because normally, normally a trip to campus is like twenty, twenty five dollars. So that hundred, they really had me fucked up. But now I'm like. Girl, why am I even spending twenty dollars? I'm about to give me a weekly card again and swipe this bitch and get right on the goddamn subway like everybody else. So you know what? Uber and Lyft and the rest of you girls, you have just lost out. And I thank you, actually. Thank you for being Mm. utterly goddamn ridiculous the other day because you reminded me that there is another option in this incredible city I live in. And I can spend what is I think it's three dollars now for a single trip, which bitch, what? Three dollars for a single trip. But three dollars Uber and Lyft won't even answer the call for three dollars. They won't even answer the fucking call for three dollars oh no you so, they're, like, they're not even considering your block unless you make a down absolutely payment not at least 10 to it's 15. like i was gonna say it's a minimum like ten dollars for them to even come pick you up but yeah baby i'm getting on the train i am shout out to my n95s my sunglasses my hoodie i'm getting on the fucking train y'all lost one i i, I just i won't do it bleed bleed the cash out of somebody else you got me fucked up and that's that's really it. I'm done for real now. I just on top of that, rideshare. A lot of drivers in New York are also unkind. <laughs> it's not even like, not even like you being like some like Listen. southern places or some yes. other areas where you might have a driver that's actually right. friendly or just right. respectful, chipper even. Oh no, no, them motherfuckers act like they go. They want to spit on you directly. When you get it. Where are you going? Like, does, you know, I put it in the phone. What are and you yelling at me? They don't have to wear masks no more either. So it's like, do I want to be stuck in insane. a literal car with you, with the heat on and the windows up, all of your breath and germs just mingling in the fucking air, waiting on me? No, girl. I'll actually take my chances on a subway car, which is much much larger, in my mask. And and praying that I get a seat far away enough from whatever other melee is going on. So, yeah. listen, I'm back on the fucking train. Shout out to New York, greatest city in the world. I had a mask on in a car a couple of weeks ago, and the driver said to me, "Oh, buddy, you don't have to wear that. You know, I'm vaccinated." Oh my I'm like, god! No, no, that's not and exactly how that what? works. <laughs> you can be exactly. vaccinated and get the virus and transmit that bitch. So, what does that mean to me? That's not how it works. That doesn't fix anything. Oh, you being friendly. (laughs) I got in the car with a mask on and the dude was like, oh, you know, you don't have to do that no more. They took away the rule. I'm like, yeah, no, I like it. And I'm going to roll the window (laughs) down. I'm going to roll it way down. Way, way down. (laughs) I'm not doing this no more. It was was all fun and games until y'all decided that $100 for a trip that's normally $20 sounded like a good idea. Y'all had me fucked up on that one. Jail. I won't do it no more. I won't do it no more. And it was like, it wasn't shorter. The the subway wasn't shorter. It was like an extra 10 minutes. I'm like, bitch, I will budget 10 minutes to save $80. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to do it. Kiss my ass. (laughs) All right. And that 
wraps up this week's episode of The Read. Check us out at This Is The Read and our website, thisistheread.com. You can find our merch over at shoptheread.com and our Patreon over at patreon.com slash thereed. Uh, ooh, I saw Trilloween LA is sold out. Already. That's going to be a good time. We still have one going down in Atlanta. Oh, that's going to be a better time. <laughs> October 30th. Don't give me the line, child. It's on the internet. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, make sure that you get your uh, tickets if you haven't already. What else? Um, stream rap shit. On HBO Max. That's right. Go catch up if you haven't seen All it already. All episodes are available now. Streaming. Go catch up. Mm-hmm. Get your watch on. Um, <coughs> get your watch on? It's like a, <laughs> fucking 2002 BT commercial. I'm tired. I'm tired. I, obviously, I'm sick. I need to go to bed. All right, y'all. Take care of yourselves. We will see y'all next week. 